My grandpa has the coolest podcast. You gotta listen to it. Or else I'll punch you in the face. You know, if you're able to get inside my brain, you know, and hear <laughs> what my thoughts are, you would understand quickly that they fray in a bunch of different directions. Uh, professionally, I was a hockey player, and now I'm a coach. You know, so one would think that's kind of what I live and breathe, you know, but that's not actually the case. Though I love what I do, there's uh, so much outside of the game that I'm really passionate about. I'm a, I'm a bit of a music and guitar freak, and I love motorcycles and the arts. I even like history and geography through my travels. My podcast is about all of these things, and I speak with some really cool people about some really cool shit that I've met throughout my career. And yeah, you will probably hear the odd hockey story. <laughs> so join me inside my brain, man, and welcome to My Mommy Thoughts. Alright, well before we get going here, I should mention... Support for Motley Thoughts is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. And big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada. For those listeners in Canada, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. You know, one of the coolest things, uh, the other day when I was using the thing, the, the Lawnmower 3.0, I was couldn't get over how quiet the thing was. And it, nothing worse than thinking that everybody in the whole house or the whole world knows you're shaving your junk. Anyways, <laughs> that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium, man. The battery lasts up to like 90 minutes so you can have a closer and longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show you're more off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience firsthand for yourself and trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DUSTY70 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. <laughs> Alright, and back to our regular scheduled programming. All right. Before I introduce today's guest, um, I want to extend my apologies for not putting out any episodes for the last month. Uh, a few things came up and I had to focus on those things. 
And I was also making my website, uh, thegoalietherapist.com to help uh, some goalies and coaches while I'm without contract in hand. Anyways, I'm sorry for that. Uh, On to today's guest. This gentleman may not be one of my more well-known guests, but he's definitely one of the nicest guys uh, I have ever met in my coaching career, actually. And the biggest reason I wanted to have him on is because I couldn't get anyone else. (laughs) I'm I'm kidding, buddy. Uh, The real reason uh, I'm having him on is we have a lot in common. And I love to have guys on that I have a good connection with in in, in different avenues, not just with hockey. Uh, We love good hard rock and music, love tattoos, and he is a beer league goalie on the side uh, and a goalie lover. Uh, And that's just a few of the things. His profession, he is a strength and conditioning coach and a very, very good one. And that's actually how we met. We met in the KHL uh, and we worked together over there. Uh, he sounds cool. He is cool. He's bald. He's British. Welcome to the show, Mr. Steve Nightingale. <laughs> oh, Dusty, what an introduction. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yeah, it, it, listen, it's good to be on. We haven't had a chance to catch up in a long time, so it was super cool to get on and have a talk. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I don't even know how long it's been. We text a couple of times, but that's we haven't chatted for a long yeah. time. Yeah, probably at least six months, probably even longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot has uh, a lot of uh, things have happened over that time with with uh, hockey and whatnot. But uh, yeah. can you quickly tell me uh, what you've been up to? Um, yeah, so obviously we are—I uh, can't even remember where we were. Nova Sibirsk or somewhere. Me, you, yeah. and Fran, and uh, we had a had some drinks and dinner, and then we flew off around the world, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> I went back to China because I had my apartment there. So I was in China for another three months, probably. Um, My visa expired, came home, was uh, getting prepped for the, for the second season with Red Star. And then obviously things didn't go uh, to plan. Um, So I was kind of in the UK looking around, wondering what I can do. And I've, I spent a lot of time as a, as a university lecturer. So I was fortunate. I landed a job uh, teaching at university. So, oh, cool. um, yeah, so I'm, so I'm teaching in a university now I teach strength and conditioning, uh, which is, which is cool. Um, I'm also just kind of always on the lookout for, you know, the next, next contract to come up, you know, how it's right. how it is in the industry. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So back living in the UK for the last what, nine, 10 months or so. Where are you exactly? Not, uh, that, so I, not that I would know, but yeah. <laughs> for our listeners. Yeah. So uh, I I work in a city called Birmingham, yeah. which is a, it's the second biggest city after after London. That's a really cool. I, I like it a lot, man. It's a really cool vibe to it. Um, and then I have a girlfriend who lives in Peterborough, which is my hometown, which mm-hmm. nobody's ever heard of. Um, they're about ninety minutes apart, so. Yeah, so I kind of split my time and go back and forward between those. Have an apartment in Birmingham, and then she has a house here in Peterborough. So, yeah, so I look like I'm in a prison right now, but uh, I'm actually in the kitchen because <laughs> she's doing some. Uh, it's it's just gone nine o'clock in, in the evening here, and she's doing some late night work. So uh, she's up in the office, and I and I drew the short straw in the kitchen. <laughs> That's why. Well, before we started the the recording, I noticed you had some 
some brew going. I was like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so your evening. Yeah, it's yeah, 9.15 p.m. for us. So Cool. So, well, that's cool, man, that you're teaching. Do you like it? I love it, man. Like, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I would jump at another pro contract. Like, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I said, working in pro sports is like taking a very addictive drug. And once you've once you've been there, like you want to do anything to get back, right? It's just the coolest environment. Every day is is a super cool day. Mm -hmm. Um, but outside of that, I've taught on and off for a long time now. I think this will be my eighth year teaching. Oh, um, I didn't. Yeah, know. yeah. So I had um, I had a, a probably what? Well, yeah, seven years of it before I came over to China. So. Uh, had a had a pretty decent career in teaching so yeah i i enjoy it for sure um i think i'm a little less tolerant these days than than when i was a little bit younger i, yeah. I, give, the student, I give the students a fair bit of shit to be fair so it's, it's what it is <laughs> well that's cool man i'm happy you found something it, nothing sucks more than when when uh people move on from their teams or whatever and then don't find work right away i.e. Yeah. me <laughs> yeah it, it's, um it's it's not an easy thing uh and that's good that you had something else so yeah yeah no, I, was, I, I felt very fortunate just because you know our industry like firstly hockey and, and i know we're going to talk about hockey in the uk mm -hmm. later on but like you can't get a job in hockey in the uk not if you want to earn a living right right um, so yeah, you told me that before yeah, yeah. I, I was just i was just lucky that i had that background in in education and the job came up at the right time and and i was able to uh to, to jump at it so yeah mm -hmm. yeah fortunate to land something that's good that's good um yeah and so for the people you know that are listening and don't know we we met uh when we were co uh, co working together in the khl with one of the, mm -hmm. one of the khl teams which uh I'm not supposed to talk about, but you're allowed to talk about um, <laughs> uh, anything you would like to say about that uh, team. You're more than welcome to. I will keep my lips sealed. But aside from that, I had a great time. I, I met uh, some great people and you were one of them. Fran was another. Uh, Fran uh, was uh, a part of the the, the medical side of things and in yeah. and, and the whole conditioning and, and you two are kind of like yin and yang. Uh, <laughs> you mean, you mean he's ugly and I'm good looking, right? That's obviously <laughs> the, and uh, you guys are awesome. It was so much, I used to love to just go in into the, into the room just to, to shoot the shit and, and chat and stuff. Cause you guys are really genuinely nice people to talk to. I had a, I had a great time working with you guys. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I remember being in uh, in Shogun and in period breaks, like you'd come down into the medical room and we would sit and have a little chat about, you know, whatever was going on, the goals or how the game's going or whatever, a lot of fun. Well, people that don't know, the dynamic for me was hilarious because I'm in China uh, in the Russian league talking with, a British trainer and a, and a Spanish, Spanish yeah, <laughs> therapist and the Russian doctors in the corner, and the Russian doctor yeah, in yeah. the corner. Like it's the whole dynamic to me was hilarious. Sometimes I just have, I would sit back and go, 
I can't believe I'm actually here. But yeah. having said that, I always felt I love going in. You had uh, already played, you played hockey, you were a goalie. So you had an extensive knowledge of hockey and the background and the love for it. But I always felt it fascinating and fun to listen to Fran. Oh, yeah. Because the guy had, he'd never stepped foot in an ice rink before day one of training camp. That was the first time he ever stepped foot in a rink. <laughs> so he's this tan, suave guy, you know, coached soccer players, volleyball, and, and you know, all this these sports. And, and he, then he comes into hockey. Yeah. But what was so cool is he was fascinated with all yeah. aspects. Yeah. And, and he, he asked so many questions, which I thought was super cool. Yeah. He just he fell in love with the game straight away. You would obviously you were sitting up, you know, in the gods somewhere during the games and Fran and myself were on the bench and he's more entertaining to watch than anyone. <laughs> but I like it used to be that we stood next to each other on the bench and I had to move down a couple spots because he would go crazy if we scored a goal. He'd be grabbing me and like punching me in the arm. <laughs> I'm like, Dude, you have to chill. Like, I had to, I had to move away from him. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. But uh, he just, I've got some great photos of him like losing his mind on the bench. So much fun. Yeah, yeah, okay. great guy to work with, and uh, just, just yeah, fell in love with hockey. Would love to. He, we speak all the time. We actually, we probably text about 20 minutes before I came on the pod. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, we talk all the time, and he he's desperate to go back and work in hockey again. He really wants to do it again. Oh, cool. But he landed another job too. He's yeah. Is it soccer he's, or volleyball? He's in, yeah, he's in soccer. In soccer uh, yeah. in, so he's he's now in Madrid, in Spain, and he's working with a uh, with a soccer team there in the second division. So pretty That's good. Cool. Yeah, really good level there. Like second division of Spain, but that's still probably like the fifth or sixth best division in the world right so oh really yeah yeah it's it's, it's really high level that he's at so yeah he's he's loving life and and spain seemingly now at least has the, the coronavirus restrictions aren't too bad there so he's he's like loving life and mm -hmm. him and him and lauren are off like having dinner every night and it's great for them so yeah did they get married yet no no i don't think so not that i i I haven't heard anything and I would, I would have assumed <laughs> if there was anything planned, they probably would have put it off until, until after this, right? Cause her, I think her parents are still in Cuba, maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe they're not, maybe they're in Spain. I don't know. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, nothing's gone on there. They, um, they were a nice couple. Yeah. Yeah. Great couple. Yeah. Had a lot of fun in, in China with them. The, um, I'm really happy that you guys have both landed on your feet and cause it was a bit of a gong show, the exit for <laughs> yeah. all of us. You can say that. Um, uh, I know, I know you can't talk about it. I'm not going to ask you to talk about it, but, but certainly for me, I, I woke up to a text message one day that just said, sorry, you're not coming back. So that was pretty tough to take on the gym. Yeah. 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 Lips are anyway, sealed. lips are sealed. <laughs> but, but yeah. on, on a positive note, from all of that, Mr. Simone Hrubeck. Oh, hey? did you uh, 
did you catch any of the game yesterday? So I didn't have a feed for the game, but I had uh, like the KHL website on my phone that I'm just refreshing, refreshing. And it's yeah. all in Russian, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I could just see the score. Yeah. But I like couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was uh, for people that are listening that don't know. Uh, Simone Hrubeck was with, with us uh, uh, in the KHL and the, the, the team that I was with and then was traded uh, this year uh, to Avangard. And uh, he just won a champion, the, the Gagarin Cup, is it called? Yeah. The KHL Championship. Uh, he won it yesterday and um, he had five shutouts. Uh, had a 95 save percentage and like a 1.45, like some insane numbers. And uh, yeah, no, he was, um, he was a special guy. We, we became really good friends and, and um, I've had, I've worked with a lot of guys, but, and he is as hard a worker as I've ever uh, person I've ever coached. And, and I've coached a lot of hard heart, like workers, like, uh, Jack Campbell, Cal Peterson, Peter Budai, uh, Hellebuck, uh, all these guys, like I, I can, the whole list of guys, they were all really, really hard workers, like to the point where people would make comments about it. And, uh, he is as hard a worker as all of them. Oh yeah. And, um, always wanting to be, get better. Um, and, and very open, you know, he's, he's, he's opinionated and he's, uh, he's strong, uh, minded, but always willing to listen and learn. And it was, it was so nice, uh, for him to, to achieve this and only in his second year, which, which yeah. is, is sick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was his dream to play in the KHL. And, you know, I think he, he has a dream, he, you know, the dream obviously to play in the NHL, but he's a bit of a late find. And he in his career now with a, a wife and a child to to come over to the states uh, or North America and play in the NHL. It's a tough one because he'll be thirty this year. I and, think so. Yeah. Yeah, and you know he would never leave there, uh, the cave for a two way contract, right? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't want to pry too much, but I imagine he has a pretty nice contract at Avangard as well. That's a club with some money behind. It. Well, probably this season it wasn't because he just traded, he, right? so yeah, so he yeah. just extended that contract, which they, I bet you they're like just laughing, they're super oh, yeah. happy. What they they basically got him for a bag of pucks, right? They yeah, for well for money, they sold yeah. they sold him basically, mm-hmm. and um, he wins the championship next year. Yeah, is the big year like so now. There's no way he's going to leave unless uh, the NHL team were to give him an NHL contract, like yeah. a one way. And at 30, I, I've told a few people that have asked me about him that he's legit and he can totally play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know I would totally do it, you know, if I was a GM for sure, because the guy's ready to play. He doesn't need growing pains. He's very adaptable. He would have no problem living in America and any of that stuff. Uh, He'd be ready and willing to go in a heartbeat if it was for an NHL club. Mm. 
you know, we'll see now maybe that he's won. Uh, Cause yeah. a couple people have called me about him and uh, I guess they're just, you know, maybe that the, the afraid cause of his age. Right. Yeah. I think his age is, is definitely against him, but on the, like say on the plus side of things, I think somebody could pick him up for a pretty reasonable salary. And he's uh, like you said, he's just, he's absolutely ready to go. He, just on that, like you said it, he is such a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Right. And you'd see him before the game and he has that that visual eye tracking stuff that he does. Yeah. And he would come into the the gym after a game and just be like he'd, he'd kind of he was pretty cool because he'd take his time after the game and he'd get like uh his gear off pretty slow. And he'd mm-hmm. come in pretty much when everybody else had gone and he'd just like pull me over and be like, Stevie, what what are we gonna do? And I'm like, Well, what do you feel like you want to do? He's like, oh, I want to do something that some of something of this something of this i'm like okay cool well, well let's go let's do this 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 mm-hmm. and he was just like yeah okay great let's go so um yeah i i can imagine he had a pretty fun night last night well i was looking at his insta did you see the he had the crowd? a the cr- oh my goodness did you see that yeah it was unreal that even sh- that shocked me man i couldn't yeah. believe it there were thousands and thousands of people there it was insane yeah like it was like you know a mini nhl set up you know it wasn't hundreds of thousands but it was yeah fifteen thousand people easy yeah. ten thousand people for sure it was huge it was yeah. i was blown away and it you know it's just kind of it's so funny because this whole and i don't want to get political because everybody everybody's different and everyone's got their own views but i will say this <laughs> i'm i'm sitting here looking at canada and and especially out east in ontario but it's leaking over here now mm-hmm. shit's gone fucking crazy like it's it's almost like a bad movie like yeah. walking around and you got guys wearing those big long face shields yeah outside like i i I don't know i don't know i just don't get it anyways (laughs) i was so i'm watching uh simone's uh insta and pack crowd they the rinks pack you know yeah Yeah. the the celebration packed everybody's just having a great time living living their lives yeah i just saw another one on insta did you see the usc um um, yeah, crowd at UFC in Florida. Oh my God! Well, you know uh, Steve Casper. Yeah, he's, he's down there. I think he's yeah. driving back today. They, they, him and his wife rented a place for a couple months down there. Yeah. So he leaves Boston, which is blue state, and goes down to Florida. And he, it's almost like a, it's another world. It's like, mm-hmm. how can it be so? Like they're just living their lives. Everything's like nothing ever happened. Yeah, and uh, the USC was full full force, and and then I walk out my door and see that it's just amazing. Did you did you see that USC footage? Yeah, yeah, the, the, I saw the crowd, and it, what's quite strange is the effect that things have on you, right? So in the UK, we have we've we're just coming out of our third national lockdown, and oh. this one's been four months. So we locked down at the start of December. Wow, and it was. The only thing you could do was go to like a grocery store or a hardware store. That was it. Everything was closed for four months. 
everyone had like the, it was the law that you had to work from your home you couldn't go out you could go for a walk by yourself even if i wanted to go and do the grocery shopping like my girlfriend couldn't come with me it was one person from a family have to go it was really really strict here and we're just slowly starting to come out of that so what they call the non-essential retail like so just normal stores they opened uh two weeks ago the ones that are left yeah and and yeah half of them half of them are closed down but then i'm now so used to to distance and masks and, and everything there that i see that crowd in florida and i'm like i kind of feel uncomfortable watching that and that's the effect that it has on you right like oh big time that's how they well i don't want to get into it but that's how they that's how it works right they get you thinking that way but anyways it it's it's kind of funny too when you know people in these other places Mm -hmm. and i've friends and family down there and and in texas as well yeah and uh same kind of thing same kind of thing it's uh it's funny because my one of my son and his his girlfriend they're uh looking into florida <laughs> uh because my son has he's has american citizenship so okay uh and his his girlfriend she's a dental assistant and mm-hmm. her certificate her her whatever degree allows her in certain place certain states it it, it uh, accepts it her or whatever you call it. And uh, Texas is I, it's not one of them, but Florida is. So, okay. so they're like, things are, uh, it's so weird too, because um, I, when you walk around and, and you're in the gym here or whatever, it seems like uh, other than what you, all this, the mask shit you're supposed to do, like people are as busy as the roads are busy. And now they've said only essential travel, but they're not enforcing it. Yeah. I don't, so there's signs up saying this, but people, but it's like, the, unless you're going to have police stopping people, there's no way to enforce it. Right? Yeah. So anyways, there, but people are worried that it's going to get worse. So like people are starting to look at options. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't yeah. know. I, I, so you guys, um, you said you're slowly coming out of it then. So that's, yeah. Like, yeah, so they opened retail two weeks ago, and and that meant that um, bars and restaurants opened, but only for outdoor dining. And uh, like our weather here is worse than than the weather in Vancouver, so it, it's not so much fun having having outdoor dining at, at right now. But um, I think it's another three weeks, and then like we can have indoor dining and and stuff like that. But so like pool hockey has been has been off like i managed to so when i when i came to uh birmingham for the for the university job like university hockey is it's quite big here right uh, it's not it's not big in the way it's big in the states where like it's very competitive in the states right university players go on and get drafted it's the opposite here like you see you know you go to university as an 18 year old or 19 year old and it's day one and there's all these like activity stores around and one of them's come to learn to play ice hockey they're the kids who play university hockey like it's an absolute gong show um but because i'm a lecturer i can play on that team right and then they have they have like half a dozen kids who are, who are pretty good like they can get around the ice and stuff right mm-hmm. um 
so I went out and I got maybe three sessions before we went down into another lockdown and I, and all my gear is still in China. Okay. What? You know, that, that Vaughn stuff I had. Yeah. Yeah. And so I came back and it was, it was impossible to get that gear back to me. So I went out um, and I obviously know a lot of UK goalies. So I reached out to some friends and one of our, one of my friends has, he just signed for a club in Austria. Yeah. Um, so of course he got new gear and he said, listen, my entire setup is, is at the rink. If you want it, this is how much. I think we're about the same size. So I said, yeah, fire it over, but it's Bauer and I am not used to Bauer stuff. Oh, it's all that boxy shit. Yeah. It's the like the S2s or whatever they're called. Like the puck just looks at them and it rebounds into the corner. Like, and, and he said to me, he said, listen, you're, you're a Vaughn guy. Like the first time you slide, you're going to end up in the corner. And it is so true. Like it's wild to get used to. Really? Yeah. Really. And, and I've nearly, nearly my whole playing, I'd say career, but it's not a career, but you know, <laughs> the, time, the time I've been playing, yeah. um, I've, I've nearly always worn Vaughn. And, and this was just a needs must situation. And I got Bowers and, and I hate the glove. I can't catch anything. Uh, and I'm sliding all over the place, but hockey's hockey, but, but yeah, so there's no hockey still here for another three or four weeks. Wow. Yeah. yeah that sucks. Well, it's kind of when I was trying to, I'm trying to set up my, um, my website and so I can maybe help some people, mm-hmm. uh, but right now it's like difficult to, to arrange uh, training on the ice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's not undoable here, but it's, it's not as easy as how it used to be. Right. Uh, and I've never really done goalie schools or anything like that. Uh, but I was just more thinking of doing things uh, privately. Uh, and then also, more of one of the things I'm really good at is the mentorship and the, Mm -hmm. the do stuff online uh, because of how things are. And, you know, I do the same thing with guys like, you know, soupy and and stuff uh, just on the phone uh, and or zoom or whatever. And um, it's, it's as big a part of my coaching as being on the ice. So I thought, you know what, if, and I can do that with coaches as well and uh help share my ways of doing things uh and try to earn some some money on the side while i sit here and do fuck all so i thought i'd do that uh, <laughs> but yeah it's it's tough to we, the reason why i brought it up you mentioned getting on the ice and stuff it's it kind of sucks man you know everybody's uh and it's weird all the leagues are like some are going some aren't you know who's playing who's not who who would be wanting training and 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 things like that it's really a weird weird time man yeah kind of sucked for me for when i did when i was uh it was official that i wasn't going back to the k uh it was like the nhl was it was the wrong time for me to my name you know normally under normal circumstances it probably would have been a a good thing and Mm -hmm. and uh could have gotten a job a lot easier but the way things were so now just uh now it's kind of getting close to the the time you know where my phone hopefully will ring again 
fingers crossed i mean i'm in the same i'm in the same boat there yeah the hockey like in europe's been been strange leagues just starting at different times some leagues played some leagues didn't the the uk league um they didn't play for a really long time and then just recently they've they've gotten something going with like a condensed season like i don't know like a 20 20 game schedule or something what i don't know what it is but yeah so so we've got some hockey now but even still that no fans are allowed in they're they're doing their best to like stream it online and and get an audience that way but uh it's been really tough Mm, yeah that sucks that sucks a lot um i want to since we're kind of still on the the whole hockey thing um and you being a goalie Mm -hmm. uh how did this happen okay like okay this is not a funny question when it it's here in north america <laughs> or wherever but in, in where you're from that's not a normal thing no no not a normal thing um a combination of things when i was growing up my parents were very tolerant and just let us try anything that we wanted to try So like as a kid, I went to like martial arts classes. I played soccer. I went to fencing classes. I did horse riding lessons, like all this, all this shit that I did (laughs) for like two weeks and then was bored of it. Right. Um, And, and my, my mom was working in a school and we just, I was just very lucky that there aren't a huge amount of rinks in the UK, but I am from a city that has a rink. And so there was a pro team that played in the city and I was about 11, maybe my mom was working in the school. One of the other teachers was dating a player who played on the, on the team. And mm-hmm. she said to my mom, like, Oh, you should bring your boys like me and my little brother, you should bring your boys to a game. And I turned up like, we didn't know anything about hockey, right? Never seen it before. Didn't know anything. And it was like a local rivalry game as well. And yeah. it was, I mean, we're going back to 94. There were riots. There was gear everywhere. There were like, just like line brawls. And I'm just watching like, this is the sport. This is the (laughs) one. (laughs) Uh, So that was it. Then I started having skating lessons, started playing. Um, Did you play goal right away? No, no. So I wanted to. Uh, straight away like I was sold like the gear the lids like everything it was so cool Um, but again my parents were like it's super expensive and if you think it's expensive in North America you should see the price of stuff here it's really really expensive right so I had two years as a as a forward yeah Um, but the whole time I was like I want to play goalie I want to play goalie and they said listen if you want to play goalie then you have to spend your own money and yeah. uh, I inherited some some money. My grandfather passed away, and I inherited some money. And I was like, right, I'm going to buy some gear. So uh, I was. I, it's funny actually. I was going to ask you about the sickest setup you had because you remember when Potvin was at the Leafs and he had that oh, yeah. blue and black like coho gear. Yeah. So I had that setup, but it was red and black, and that was the first stuff I bought for myself. And I'm like, this is serious. Oh, really? so, yeah, I'm so sick um yeah so so started to play in goal when i was about 14 i guess and never looked back and i've gone up and down from playing 
recreationally playing in pro leagues playing not playing at all like having a couple of years out uh, um up until the point where you know even in beijing i was playing in the beer league in beijing which was just such a, a, a time man it's, it, <laughs> they they took the words beer league and they just heard the beer bit of it they didn't hear the league bit of it it was that was a real drinking league was it all uh foreigners no actually it was it was probably 50 50 um so obviously like for people who don't know beijing is a huge huge city right 25 million people or whatever it is so there's no shortage of people there so just in the in the beijing rep like the the beer league there were eight teams and they were a mixture probably 50 50 of chinese guys and expat guys and a mix mixture of so like a lot of the guys would be coaching over there right so uh uh oh now this is awful i forget the guy's name timmy timmy it will come to me anyway he he knew casper so he played for the leafs back in the day so he knew casper oh Um, really yeah so he uh or maybe he played actually no it would make more sense if he played for the kings i can't remember anyway so he was playing in the league right guys guys played in the energy oh oh, oh, i know I saw him at ORG or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he he uh, reached out to me. He was with the Kings. Okay, yeah. So, so he's playing in the league, right? Okay, playing the NHL, and then you have guys who played. Um, like we had a guy, uh, a Finnish guy, who was drafted by uh, Chicago. He never actually played in the show, but was drafted by Chicago. Came comes over. He's a coach, so he's playing. So you got that level all the way down to like a 50 year old Chinese guy who's been skating for six months. So <laughs> it's, and they, they have a, they have a full draft before, like, so you get ranked on how good you are and, and teams can, you know, you've got a cap on how many like good players you can have. And like, they do a huge big draft party and everyone's just hammered. And then like the parties that I've seen in that place are, are like nothing I've ever seen. They had, the they do a end of year thing called hockey night in Canada where they have like team USA team Canada team Finland and then norm it depends on who's around but normally it would be like it might be a team China or it might be a team rest of the world something like that and they they have like 30 foot banners you went to org rink right they have like 30 foot banners of photo shoots of the players like hanging down from the rafters of the rink it's like lights out smoke machines when guys are coming onto the ice and there's about six fans of course but um they had the the canadian governor come and do like a pre-game speech in their locker room like it's wild it's so much fun Uh, you know what's so weird I, I can talk about some things. Uh, what I forgot about the beginning. You know, <laughs> best to really best to forget about that. Like what a shit show! <laughs> <laughs> like not, five five rinks in five weeks. I mean, that's perfect pre season prep, isn't it? <laughs> what a shit show! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, Anyways, that's uh, that's kind of crazy when you think about uh, when China and the hockey and uh, the gap 
mm. uh, the, the knowledge and the, you know, the experience or whatever lack thereof and, 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 and condensing it all <laughs> with all those different types of people. That's pretty funny. I hate jokes aside though, that type of hockey as a goalie is the worst. Yeah. It, it, like playing with guys that you have someone that can actually shoot and then the person next to them can't even skate. Yeah. Not fun. It's, it's really, yeah, it was hard. Like it, it was fun for me because I was just drunk most of the time, but <laughs> it, it became, so the goalies, the goalies never got drafted to a team right. because you know how Beijing is like people would fly in and fly out all the time. Right. You yeah, never yeah. really know if you were in, or, in town or not. So, what they did with the goalies, we had like a group of like 10 goalies and yeah. they would basically like pair matches on ability because again, like we had some, some pretty like new goalies who, you know, you know, a goalie when he's got his pads on the wrong legs or like he's holding his stick. No. <laughs> oh yeah. He's not holding a stick, but it's like halfway up the shaft, right? Like he thinks that's where you oh. hold a, a stick. Um, so we had a couple of guys maybe like that up to like some pretty some pretty good guys we had a we had a russian kid who played in the vhl we had right. a uh, a canadian guy who played junior b i think um so we had like if, if you ended up with like a complete beginner goalie against a guy who's played 20 years like the game is just ridiculous right, right. so yeah so they would pair match the goalies up um and we, and they, sometimes it would just become like the best player on that team goes down on a breakaway on this goalie then the best player on that team gets the puck goes down on a breakaway on that goalie and it's just back and forward and like those games kind of suck but mostly it was it was just fun like the the everyone there was super welcoming like welcomed me with open arms we had like just made lifelong friends i would love to go back and play in that league again if that if i was a millionaire that's what i'd do i just go and live in china and play in that league every day well hey that's the the one thing that's great about the sport you know it uh develops uh friendships and and is a great uh camaraderie type of a sport especially in that scenario yeah. <laughs> i don't well, know I, I don't know if i would do it in china though <laughs> that's that's just me <laughs> i i also think as well i don't know how you feel about this but i find that there are two two types of people there are people who played hockey to a decent standard who never ever play again like they retire and they just never touch like a yeah. puck again and then there yeah. are guys who are just always going to play yeah and i'm i'm a guy who's always going to play i will play yeah. hockey until i can't i mean i can barely stand up anyway but until i can't stand up properly i uh yeah i know all kinds on uh, different levels a friend of mine uh, cliff ronning he's older than me and he plays all the time still like and and is in, intense <laughs> like when he's out there still like he has to score the most win all the time like he's still that's just he loves it right yeah and uh i'm kind of like i love being on the ice as a and playing forward uh and love being around the guys and, and uh and the rink atmosphere and and i, I love hockey I don't love uh, going in net um, with shitty players. And that's not, I'm not 
playing like acting like i just yeah. don't it's not enjoyable for me yeah. uh the the enjoyment of playing goal for me was the challenge of having uh really good players and that you have to it's challenged to stop the puck and not let it go in that's the whole point of it right yeah. for me nothing and, nothing more frustrating than a guy coming in his body language is screaming one thing his his eyes are screaming one thing and he tries to do that thing yeah but he just knuckle pucks it and it goes on the in the opposite direction yeah. like, oh, come on yeah no i don't enjoy that like that like i know i love still uh I'm not the goalie. I know lots of guys that refuse to put the pads on ever. And I'm, I was like that unless it was with uh, the American league team or the, or, or the pro team I was coaching or whatever. Like, you know, when I was with you, yeah. I skated a ton. Yeah. And uh, I actually started to start to feel better as the season went on. And, and you know, uh, I enjoyed that part and and uh the challenge of it and and also helping the team out but um that i i so it's not like i won't refuse to put on the pads but it's got to be for a good reason yeah. uh, i remember <laughs> a couple times uh, in particular the first time that you went on the ice with us in a oh yeah uh, wait, uh, optional or i don't wait, know it was just three on three yeah the pre uh, the morning skate or whatever yeah. i can't remember what it was but uh we played and uh, I had never seen you play before. And uh, fuck, that was, you know, the best part of it was though, uh, I come down and I'm playing forward and I look in your mask. I don't even see your face. All I see is red. <laughs> yeah. It's just red. Like, I mean, like bright red. I was like, holy shit, Steve's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Bear in mind at that point, I'd not skated in, in a long time. <laughs> And we're playing three on three and Kobe's there. And he's yeah. just like lighting me up every single chance he got. That was a lot of fun though. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. And I got to skate with a team. I guess Shimmy was maybe with the national team. And I think you were in back in Vancouver or something. So I got to skate with a team and boy, that was like a wake up call. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I rem oh, trust me. I know. I know the feeling as far as not putting them on for a while and then having to go out and especially for me being older, uh, there's a level of uh, of uh, fitness that your body's not used to, mm -hmm. and uh, once it's once it, you hit that wall, because I remember when you were on the ice for that three on three, like it just keeps going, right? Yeah. He just keeps going and you're the only goalie is in three on three like you get tired i don't yeah. care who you are but you stop getting up <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just i'm tall enough i'll just i'll just go into butterfly <laughs> and just stay there uh, i thought that was hilarious oh, yeah it was so much fun but and, and again yes. like for me you know a kid from from the uk and i'm on the ice and you're there and kurt's there and Kofi's there and I'm just like I don't think there's many English people can say they've played hockey in a group of people like this <laughs> it was it was wild it was a lot of fun yeah. there's only one person that was that wasn't thrilled that was out there there you go I can't I can't imagine who, who that could be <laughs> there you go
Yeah, there you go. Hey, listen. Um, oh, go right. No, no, go ahead. I was uh, I was actually just going to switch gears a little bit just because it, yep. it, I don't know why, but something just popped into my head. So the other, I was listening to Dusty's downloads the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I was like, like, I, you know, me and you bonded a lot over rock. Like, yeah, for sure. Music. Like, we love that shit. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll give these, you know, these tunes a listen, right? So I downloaded everyone. Uh, oh, everyone. Because they bounce. From the, from the last episode, right? Okay. Uh, so it's like five or six tracks or whatever, right? So I downloaded them. Hadn't heard of anyone. And oh, I cool. was like, this is, this is going to be really cool. Like, I know Dusty. He's hard rocking. Like, this is going to be cool. Oh. So, I, so I downloaded them, downloaded them, downloaded them, right? What were they? And um, so I can't, what was I doing? I got... I think I got in my car and I, and I was like, right, I'm going to hit this shuffle and let's go. And the first one was, uh, what was that? It was like Marcus King. Yeah. 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 Really, really slow and chill. I, I was just like, I mean, Hey, it's a great track, incredible track, but I was expecting like hard rocking, like let's fucking kick someone's ass. And I'm like, this is like, love song like a blue yeah, yeah. love song this is wild um but loved it man. i loved every track there was some cool uh, that crowbot yeah. I really, that was nice man like um i was listening to it thinking did you hear you know slash did some stuff with miles kennedy so uh, um, that's his his bit they slash's band is with yeah, miles yeah i so saw them when that uh when they kind of came out with that album like I don't know now, probably five years ago, I guess. I lose track of time. Um, it's got that kind of sound to it, that crowbot. I, I kind of thought that was pretty similar stuff. So mm. yeah, man, I was listening to that and rocking out. And but yeah, it just got me thinking all kinds of things about music, man. And like how you because mm. obviously you play guitar, um, mm. and just like how you got into rock and roll and like because mm. cause for me, like I know, I know like how it happened for me. I was just wondering, like, for you, how, how you got into it? Um, I guess it would start, you know, my parents um, didn't have a huge collection, but they had a little record player and they would let me uh, pull out the records. And so Elvis was the first one that I kind of got. And the cool thing back when I was a kid, albums really kind of were very visual, right? it was the visual uh, opening up the in sleeve and looking at the pictures. And so Elvis uh, that started it. And then when I could get up my first album, uh, I bought, uh, I think it was kiss alive. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was kiss alive and it was a double album and, and, uh, and I don't know the, the whole, the, 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 maybe gimmicky but the the makeup and the mm -hmm. it was just out of the world kind of thing for me and that took me into rock and then excuse me from there i that i hit the the 80s early 80s uh so right by the time i was like 12 i'd been taken to i went to um uh, scorpions and and iron maiden and and from there it just went it went kind of insane because my whole area where I lived and stuff was kind of <laughs> um, 
headbangers and and pot smokers and uh <laughs> and that was the thing just heavy metal was it yeah so priest and all those bands and then it just kind of went from there and then it wasn't until um you know i started to open up to you know like you know bob seeger and, and the, then it kind of started spreading you know what i mean and and getting into not just rock mm. and uh and appreciating more like the cure and yeah. and things like that and then it just kind of expanded like it, it obviously when i started playing guitar like uh, soon thereafter with the kiss thing uh started uh learning how to play guitar and stuff and then that just kind of opens everything up right yeah. if you appreciate guitarists and shit so if you ever when you listen to i think that's a really cool way to listen to, or to do the dusty's downloads thing yeah have an open mind and just download them yeah as a, you know what i mean uh and then give them a listen because if you look at back at them they're all um i try to not to just uh, make sure it's all rock or not rock or it's just songs that kind of grab my attention and 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 i think are real quality songs that not everybody might know mm. there is there is one i i was talking with if you listen to the the episode with brulee yeah did you uh i mentioned chevelle to him yeah yeah i down, i downloaded one know? of those the i think you mentioned one track i can't remember self-destructor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i yeah. i was funny because i was walking uh i i just walked up to a to a grocery store and I was walking back and I was listening to the episode and you start to talk about it. And I hit pause on the episode straight yeah. into the track. I'm like, listen, if brew likes this, Dusty <laughs> likes this, I'm going to like this for sure. So yeah, straight away had a listen and then went and then jumped back into the episode. <laughs> it was sick. Yeah. Well, I love it too. When I talk about going down rabbit holes, like give the, the band a listen and then do your own research. Like, download some of their other shit and 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 once you get going well chevelle is one of them uh i told brew i said give them a real good listen because they're a band that you like not just the song and yeah. he loves them now yeah and he, he, awesome. he just casually knew about one song an older song of theirs but never really paid much attention and uh they're way better than they're kind of like a a hidden treasure to me i think they're yeah. really cool That's i think awesome, they're man. really cool yeah yeah it's um funny but like i feel like my music i stopped listening to anything new from about the mid 2000 point there hasn't been much mm. that's that's grabbed my attention there's been a couple of bands but there hasn't been much that's grabbed my attention since that i've probably gone the other way and started to appreciate more older music Oh uh, yeah. Um, then, uh, but yeah, like so, so that sort of stuff. People, you know, that I know, like we have a similar taste in music anyway. So if you're like, oh, listen to this, listen to this, like it was cool. So yeah, I had those had those tracks on uh, in the car and just loving it, just rocking out in the car. Cool. Do you do you like like uh, more bluesy, like uh, Texas rock kind of more? Yeah. Because I'm I'm a huge like huge chris stapleton fan and uh his voice his guitar playing and, and just everything about him i think he's just so cool and i'm not a country guy mm. um but he's got like a texas twang uh 
um, rock twang to him, his, his style. Well, that Marcus King, yeah. uh, that is a really, really, really chill song. I just really like it, but that's a rabbit hole. I went down because my son introduced me to him okay. because he's a really good guitar player and he is very much along the lines of Chris Stapleton, but shreds actually. Okay. Like, really high-end guitar player on top of it and he's he's been playing like since he was little and uh he's a young guy but you wouldn't know it the the type of music he plays so that's why i shared that one because he's actually my my new um it's my go-to now i listen to it all the time because he's got just so many wild songs he's got like four albums okay and uh so you know i downloaded them and so I just like sharing that. To, I, it's kind of an offshoot. Everyone thinks that my podcast, if they don't know, <laughs> they think it's just hockey. But uh, I just like other things, you know. I was going to ask you, and switch gears again, um, before we finish off here, I wanted to ask you about your pod, your podcast. Give you a oh, little, give yeah, you a little yeah, yeah. podcast a shout out. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of love for that. So... Uh, so yeah, so I co-host a podcast. It's called Performance Talks. We're on uh, Instagram like a drinking, and drinking podcast or what? I I wish it was. That's uh, what you're expert at. So yeah, for sure, <laughs> that's that's definitely it. Um, so it's a obviously it's about sports performance. So right. the, the the way it came about was um, I have a friend who I worked with in China called Simon. Yeah. Uh, we both worked together at the Olympic Committee. Yeah, and we would basically funny you mentioned beers we would be like sitting at a pub or sitting in a coffee shop and we're kind of just shooting the shit and talking about stuff and we're like we should record this shit like actually in all of the nonsense there's a couple of little good bits here so we should probably record this one day uh, we said that for ages and it never happened and then we took us about a year and i think we recorded four episodes in in a year um and and it was like at first we were both in china but then simon uh his contract ended so he moved back to canada but then i just started with the with the team so i was traveling you know on the road a lot and then he so then he got a new job in canada but then i came back to the uk (laughs) and it was like it's just like it was a horrible thing so we've got got it kind of sorted out now we do one episode every two weeks um, and basically we, uh, there's, there's some really, really good, like sports science podcasts out there. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's often about, you know, a guy interviewing somebody else and, and we kind of wanted just a bit like this, like more of like an unscripted, like, let's just have a chat with, with some of our friends. Right. So, uh, yeah, we, we've had 11 episodes we recorded an episode a couple of nights ago so that will be coming out in a couple of weeks um seems to be going well so far but it's basically all about uh it's a mixture of performance training talk and then like most of the guests we got on came like we know through working in china Mm -hmm. so often we'll talk about people's experiences in china and how how they found living there right because it's such a wild experience for most people i feel like I had a different experience to a lot of people. I actually enjoyed living in China where most people hate it. So <laughs> I, that talk about our conversations with uh, 
with uh, you and Fran, my conversations with you and Fran. And that was often uh, one of the funniest things talking about it because you two always had such good things to say. And I just used to yeah. shit on it. The, the funny thing is I was there for four years and I had like a, a night and day experience. So my first two years, mm. like I, it wasn't that I hated it, but it was it was so different. I was, I wasn't really in a major city for a lot, for a lot of it. I was in small cities. Um, a lot of the time I was the only foreigner on the, on the team that I was working with. So I was, you know, by myself a lot walking around these Chinese cities where nobody spoke English. You know, you couldn't get like Starbucks anywhere. Like it was, it was pretty tough going. And I did two years and I was kind of ready to, to come home. And I'd had a, a, a good experience in a lot of ways and was ready to go home and then got offered a job for the Olympic committee. And it was, a, it was a great job and it was great money and it was living in Beijing. And so I was like, okay, let's give that a go. And that's kind of then when I met like a, a circle of friends and then I started playing in the, in the beer league. And then like, it became like a real life to me rather than, I'm just here for work and I, I had my own apartment and stuff and, and yeah, like, but I could, I could reel off 50 unbelievable bars and restaurants, like rooftop drinking, any kind of cuisine you can imagine hidden cocktail bars, like Beijing has a real scene, but it's, it's hard to get to know it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm grateful for for the experience. Uh, all those types, good or bad, I think it shapes you and you learn a lot. And uh, there were some great some things I had a lot of fun doing, but it was more more so some of the people I met. Uh, um, There's just the way of life there. Like they can mask a lot of it with a lot of good things, but there's mm-hmm. just too much around there for me that I didn't like, uh, I could never see myself, uh, going back there even tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. uh, I, there's the people I, I did, I didn't enjoy Like where we lived, where was it? Uh, Wang Fujin, mm-hmm. uh, the, the street itself. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. Oh yeah. Like you got the big Apple store on the corner and then like the Louis shops, Vuitton yeah. and Prada <laughs> and Gucci, like it, that's like some serious money in that area. Yeah, yeah, and our hotel was nice, and and that was all cool, but uh, yeah, it was a, it's a different world over there for sure. It's um, it's different, but I'm glad that you and you and Fran seem to make it work. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like I I appreciate people's opinions on it, and I and like I said, I had two years that were really really tough and if you'd asked me at the end of my first two years i i would have a completely different experience it was i was just lucky to fall in with a group of people that then things opened up for me and mm-hmm. all of a sudden i had a social life and i you know knew places to go and things to do and stuff like that so yeah it, it was it was a lot of fun i don't think i'll ever go back i don't think there's a contract out there for me that that has any interest to, yeah. to go back to china now so um my my time over there i i would love to go back for the olympics um to to see some of the olympics but 
I don't even know what travel is going to be like and stuff. I know a lot of the performance coaches who still work like with the Summer Olympic teams and none of them are even allowed to go to Japan. So it's just like the athletes and the head coach, that's the, that's the only people going. Yeah. So yeah, tough, tough break for some of those who've worked for three or four years with that Olympics being the ultimate goal. And then they get told, actually, you can't, you can't go. So yeah, it's tough for them. That suck. That legit yeah. Suck. Really, really, really hard. Yeah. Okay. I'll ask you one, one more thing. Um, yeah. And this kind of put you on the spot. Do you, oh, okay. I'll, I'll give you a second to think about it, but I want you to give me one of you, cause you told me some stories. Like, <laughs> oh, this could be, this could be trouble. But you're not, you know, you just said you're not going back. All right. So I want you to give me um, a story, a, chi- a China working story, because you gave me a few, quite a few. Uh, okay. And just the shit, like just stuff you would not believe would happen anywhere in the world. Oh. You told me a few on how, like just some of the craziness, like on how things can be run <laughs> like with uh, the olympic committee you mentioned yeah i mean i mean well <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna i'm <laughs> no, i'm not so actually i'll tell this story just because i so it's, it's an interesting one i think because so i got fired from the olympic committee okay so yeah. the three so fran fran was there as well yeah. myself fran and, and simon we were there as as the director team and we'd been there for a year we'd hired a hundred foreigners um, we had given everything to that job. Like we had staff placed in Portland and we had staff in Japan. So if you imagine that time zone stretch, like our phones never turned off. I was getting like 400 or 500 text messages a day of people like losing their minds because, you know, it can be really hard working with, like, we, we had it lucky because, our whole coaching team was was North American, right? So everybody understands everybody. But when you're working with a Chinese coach, like the whole culture clash becomes difficult. So anyway, so we set the system up. We got the system running real well. And we'd had a couple of weeks of, of shit, like lots and lots of complaints from all angles. So much like working like fucking 20 hour days. It was, it was hard work. And I met Fran and, you know, I don't know if you ever went, there's, there's the pearl market, that big fake, like the fake shopping market. Yeah. So we were, anyway, we were there and we, cause that was on our way. We both lived in a similar area. So that was on the way to work. So we stopped in there. We got a coffee on a Monday morning and we were like, man, like it's been a tough couple of, couple of weeks. Right. But it's Monday morning. It's a new day. Like, let's go. Let's be super positive. Let's, let's go and make something happen. And we both got fired an hour after that. <laughs> so we walked into the office we had and i mean i won't tell this part of the story but we had this incredible altercation with some staff members that blows my mind to this day but that's a different thing but then i got asked in i said oh you know you have to come and have a meeting i said all right cool all right so i go into this meeting and our like translator guy was there and, and he was a lovely guy like really nice nice kid but there were a couple of Chinese girls and he was like, Oh, these are, um, these are like a lawyer and a human resources person. I was like, okay, cool. 
And they basically went, uh, I'm going to, this, this translator said, listen, I have to read out this statement to you. And it basically said, listen, thank you very much for everything that you've done, but uh, we're canceling your contract. And that, and, and he, they started to list off all these things that, I, that I'd done as to reasons why they'd fired me. Right. And, but it was funny because this guy, this translator was a guy, his name was Teddy. And he was our assistant, right? So he's, he's English, he was Chinese, but he spoke English. So he said, uh, number one, you didn't go to the training rowing base in Beijing when you were asked to report there. I said, Teddy, you drove me to that training base. And he's like, looking at me, he's like, I just have to read this statement. And then he's like, number two, you did not report to the training camp in this city. I'm like, Teddy, you booked my flights and you drove me to the airport. You know, I went there. You came to visit me at the training center. And he's like, I just have to read the statement. And it just went like list after list of the most ridiculous reasons ever. Um, so I was pissed. Obviously, I, I walked out and was like, wow, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and then they called Fran in and they gave Fran the whole same, same story. And then Simon was actually in Vancouver. So Simon's English, but he lives in Van. So they FaceTimed Simon and they fired him over FaceTime. <laughs> and I, I was just like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. I went out and I sat in a coffee shop and I had, and I, I had to send a message out. We had a group chat of all of the staff and I sent a message out and said, listen, this is what's happened. And I must've had 50 people come by and just be like, Oh my God, that's fucking bullshit. Like, like saying all this nice stuff, which was great to hear. I then went and had lunch with my friend. Um, and then probably two o'clock in the afternoon, uh, the GM from the hockey club called me and said, uh, do you want to do you want a job? I was like, great, because I just lost one. So I got fired and hired within six hours. That's a good one. Yeah, and that's that. That was that was a politically not too bad. Didn't get you. Yeah, trouble. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like I could just go on for days. I got I was working for the women's national team once. That was my first contract, right, with the women's national team, and I got a knock on my my hotel door it was like 10 30 at night and it was our assistant coach and she was a lovely girl really cool really cool little chinese girl and she said uh are you packed i said what do, what do you mean she said have you packed your stuff i said what where what are we doing where are we going she's like we go to poland tomorrow i'm like what what she's like yeah it's the world championships we go tomorrow <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> that was that was the notice i got that we went to the world championships <laughs> just was wild like their organization is is just does not work with our the way our minds work it doesn't work for them so but i could do you know four or five hours worth of china stories of some of the shit that's gone on and some, some awesome stuff. Like I met amazing people. Yeah. I had like incredible experiences with some of the times it was like with, with Chinese people who couldn't speak English and I couldn't speak a lot of Chinese. I, it, it, my Chinese is really basic, but it, they're still trying so hard to be friendly and they still want to be your friend and they're, and they're giving you stuff. Like I had this old man on a train once like I was on a night train from, from 
Harbin to Beijing. It's like a 17-hour night train. And this old guy, I don't know, eight years old, on the bunk next to me, just like feeding me beers the whole night and just like videoing me drinking these beers and I like sending videos to his friends. It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> just, yeah, man. I got a lifetime of stories. Right on. Well, hey, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on, buddy. It was a lot of fun to get caught up. It's too long. It was too long. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We may, we may one day end up in the same, same place in the same arena. Who knows? You know, that would be cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, since you say you, you talk to Fran and stuff mm. uh, frequently, make sure I tell him I, uh, Dusty says hi. Yeah, of course I will. I hope he's well. Um, he uh, he was uh, always great with me, especially when I was playing there a bunch, and my body was not holding up so well. He <laughs> he was yeah. my, he was my savior. He always kept kept me above uh, above water. Anyways, oh yeah, the guy is is pretty magic at his job. Exactly. I, I tell you what, as well, if if an NHL club ever would take a gamble, he would be a number one sports medicine practitioner in the nhl it's well, it's incredible to me that he that he isn't there he's a, he i recognize that right away when yeah listening to him speak and his knowledge and whatnot he, mm. he uh and he he brings it across in a really uh positive um unabrasive way yeah sometimes trainers and shit can get a little bit uh, especially in the medical room and stuff can be a little bit annoying but he's he's great he really, yeah guys like yeah. having yeah guys love him yeah 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 he, he should be in the nhl for sure for yeah. sure yeah make sure you tell him i said hi all right bud and yeah will do let's stay in touch you know yeah want to hear what's going on with you and uh and uh and keep that podcast going yeah, man. I will do. All awesome, right. bud. Yeah, All right. good to speak to you again. That's awesome. All the best, man. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Peace. I want to thank Steve for coming on the podcast. Uh, one of the perks of my job is I get to meet some really great people. I really do. And he's definitely one of them. If you're interested in high-performance training and all that good stuff, make sure you go check out his podcast. Um, I think it's called Performance Talks with Simon Taylor and Steve Nightingale. Lastly, um, I'll mention my website, thegoalietherapist.com. Go check it out if you're a goalie or a coach and would like to work with me. You can contact me through the site. Well, that's it, man. I hope you all have an awesome, awesome day. Remember what I always say, stay safe, stay connected, and God bless. Peace out!